Hello, and welcome to Inventors Helping Inventors. I'm your host, Alan Beckley, inventor of The Wonder Wallet. If you're an inventor searching for proven ways to make money with your invention, if you dream to see your product selling in stores everywhere, you've come to the right place. There's no better place to get help than from experts, inventors who've already achieved success. Every week, I interview successful inventors, asking them the questions you want to know. Tune in to learn from the experts so you can get your invention out of the tank and into the bank. And thanks to that, we won a Taggy Awards then, and we're finalists for a toady like two months after that, uh, competing with Baby Yoda itself, which was insane. Of course, you're, you cannot beat the force, but at least you're like competing at the same level, which is a lot to say. Are you ready to get your invention business off to a positive start or restart in 2023? Why wait until January when you can get started now? I've just opened the doors to my premier training event for inventors called the Inventors Bootcamp, and it starts soon, Monday, November the 14th. I promise you'll not have to yell, sir, yes, sir, or swim in freezing cold water in this boot camp. But here's why boot camp students return over and over again to the boot camp. During five days of live Zoom meeting training, you'll learn how to rate and differentiate your invention from competitors. Also, how to create a clear, concise, and impactful marketing message for your product the kinds of things buyers are interested in. Don't wait. Register now at alanbeckley.com bootcamp. It's five days of live Zoom training starting Monday, November 14th through Friday, November the 18th. All of that for only $47, which is less than $10 a day. Jumpstart your 2023 now. All the details and registration, again, is at www.alanbeckley.com bootcamp. I promise no push-ups, just the tools, tips, and tactics you need to get your invention into stores like I did. Just go to alanbeckley.com bootcamp to sign up now, and I look forward to meeting you in person on Monday, November 14th. I don't have to tell you that one of the best resources to you as an inventor is to join a local inventors group of other people doing the same thing that you're doing, right? And in fact, with the internet and Zoom meeting, a local inventors group can be near you geographically or anywhere in the world. I'd like to invite you to consider joining our merry band of inventors located here in Plano, Texas and North Texas called the Texas Inventors. If you are a North Texas inventor, a special shout out to you. You should really join us. So I've been a member of the Texas Inventors for nigh on 20 years. So I'm inviting you to consider joining our merry band, whether you're in Texas or U.S. or for that matter, anywhere else. Let me just shout out a couple of key resource members we have in the Texas Inventors. Our president, Bob Wise. He's a seasoned patent attorney. I've known him for nigh on 20 years. But what's unique about Bob is he was 
a patent examiner at the USPTO for 17 years. So he's actually seen patenting from both sides. He's got great experience, and that's Bob Wise, who's our president. And Matt Smithers is our resident prototype expert. He's especially knowledgeable about plastic injection molding and 3D printing. Our meetings are all live via Zoom meeting, and they all start at 7 p.m. Central Time. So I'd love to invite you to join us at the Texas Inventors. All the details just go to www.txinventors.com. Again, that's www.txinventors.com. Hopefully, we will see you in the next Texas Inventors meeting. Welcome to episode number 246. Today, I interview Marjorie Spitelnik. Marjorie Spitelnik was born in Brazil, then moved to Uruguay at age 12. Later, she was one of five Uruguayans selected by President Obama as part of the Young Leaders of the Americas Initiative, recognizing promising entrepreneurs. As part of YLAI, she got to meet and learn from top business leaders, including Richard Branson. Later, she won a scholarship to get her master's degree at Columbia University, which had always been a lifelong dream of hers. As a single mom homeschooling her daughter, she noticed something in her daughter's textbooks that changed the course of her life. Her daughter wasn't being taught in her history books about the achievements of women, only men. Determined to show her daughter how powerful women have also impacted history, she created an augmented reality plush toy line called Little Rebels to do just that. Little Rebels teaches stories behind iconic women like Marie Curie and Malala Yousafzai in a fun and interactive way. Marjorie's business has grown rapidly, and today she and her team offer four different iconic historic female dolls, plus ebooks and a board game, soon to be joined by two more iconic figures. Little Rebels was born with a clear mission to empower the next generation of leaders, one doll at a time. Marjorie Spitelnik is empowering girls all over the world to have a bigger vision for themselves and to reach for big goals. You'll want to listen to this entire interview to learn how a Facebook post during a challenging time in her life from Women and Toys led Marjorie to pitch her new Little Rebels concept to garner positive feedback, a springboard for her success. Also learn how Marjorie reframes the inevitable no answers to turn them into yeses for opportunity. And finally, why it is essential for entrepreneurs and inventors to take care of their mental health to avoid anxiety and depression so common to the entrepreneur's journey. Now let's get right to our interview with Marjorie Spitelnik. Marjorie Spitelnik, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast with us today. Thank you, Alan. It's a pleasure being here. I'd like to start out with, can you share just a bit of your background with our listeners? Where did you grow up and go to school? And also, what did you do before you became an inventor? Okay, so I was born in Brazil. I lived my entire childhood there. Then, and I went to a French school in Brazil. 
Then I came to Uruguay, which is literally the smallest country in Latin America. When I was around 12, I think. I'm 40 now, so I spent most of my years here in Uruguay. And I went to French school my entire life. And then once I was older and university, like local university, and then my master's degrees at Columbia University. And what I was before I became an inventor. I was so many things. It's hard to answer that question. But I guess my background is in PR and communications. I worked my entire life for advertising agencies and production houses. Actually, I used to be at the, whenever Mattel came here to shoot commercials for Max Steel and Polly Pocket, that was actually in the production side of it. That was my first encounter with the toy industry. And that was, yeah, like over 10 years already ago. This is interesting on several different levels. First of all, I have a little bit of international connection as well myself. I was actually born in Panama and lived there a total of uh, 10 years altogether, uh, two different times. And the only place in South America I've ever been is Peru, because I took my kids to see Machu Picchu and Lake Titicaca in 2017. But I'd love to see a lot more. So I think that's um, Brasileña, no? Yes, I... So you speak Spanish? Oh, oh hablo un poquito de español. And muy importante, <laughs> hablo más que una lengua, yo creo. So people on podcasts, all right, what's that about? It's all good. But it sounds like you have a really interesting and diverse background. And interestingly enough, I find that true of most of my guests. It seems like that serves the whole inventing trade to have had a variety of different experiences because it tends to make you maybe a bit more creative than the average person. Not sure about that. Yes, I think so. I've always been a creative person, I think, at some level. Like even, so I'm a single mom and I'm pretty attached to my daughter. And so I, like her birthdays were always a big thing for me. I always try to make like the surprises and amazing kind of things. And I remember when the pandemic hit, she got very depressed. So I asked my friends all over the world to send pictures of them saying happy birthday for the different parts of the world they were in. So I could show her that literally the entire world loved her. And so I guess that requires some creativity at some level to think about those kind of ideas, especially to please others. That's when I have the most fun and when my creativity really sparks on. I think that's fantastic. Such a creative and good idea. And I can imagine she really enjoyed that. And it really helps me transition my next question. And that is, you had mentioned that as you perused your daughter's history textbooks, you noticed that stories of women and their achievements in history were conspicuously lacking in these textbooks. So was that your inspiration or your aha moment for creating your Little Rebels products? And then also, how did you first develop the concept and the iconic dolls of your product? So the story on how Little Rebels began is actually pretty fun. I used to have an endeavor previous to that. That's how I actually entered to the toy industry. That was called Te Dibujo, which in Spanish means I'll draw you. 
So I used to transform kids' drawings into stuffed animals that look just like they're drawing. That idea came into my life thanks to my daughter because she brought me a drawing and she asked me to turn it into something real. So I had Teddy Buko for six years. Thanks to Teddy Buko, I was selected by President Obama to spend a month and a half in the U.S. being trained by high CEOs, Richard Branson among them, and like all these amazing people, learning from them all the time. And that's how I got the knowledge of how to become an entrepreneur and actually be able to come up with an idea and take it to the shelves, the entire process. And then I always say my endeavors grow next to my daughter. So my daughter is now 15 years old. She's no longer drawing me stuff, but I was reading with her during the pandemic. She struggles with mental health issues. So we were homeschooling and I was reading a lot with her and there were all those men in the books and none of the women. So I started asking her if she knew Marie Curie, if she knew Malala Yousafzai and who they were, and she had no idea. So that's when I started and said, that was my alpha moment. So we have an issue here. Like nobody's talking to these kids about amazing women in history and what they've achieved. And I remember Googling different resources that I could teach her as a mom. And there was a bunch of books, bought them all, but there was nothing playful. And I know for a fact that we learn better through play. So at some point I said, okay, maybe I can try to use the expertise that I've been developing this past six years in plushes and create like a plush line of this women. So I started working on the design, went online for Alibaba and like looking for a factory in China that could actually produce those dolls because I knew this was going to be scalable. So it's no longer one drawing, one plush. So I needed like a real factory to do something like that and not just seamstresses working from their homes. The minute I got like the first picture of the first doll, I didn't even have the sample with me. I literally just had the picture of the doll. A local journalist called me to do an article on me as like entrepreneurs that are no longer in business. And I was like, wait, what? I am in business. And by that time, I, I had won a scholarship to do my master's at Columbia, thanks to my endeavors. So I was like, not only am I in business, but I'm in like doing my master's thanks to my business. And off the record, I'm working on these ideas. So Little Rebels didn't exist at the time. It was just an idea going into my mind. And the only thing that I had was that picture from that first doll the factory sent me. And I sent it to her like off the record. And then she releases an article, an entire page saying, here going entrepreneur launches a line inspired in iconic women in history. And people started asking me to order plushes that didn't even exist. So that's how I got Little Rebel started because literally like the consumers actually pushed me to it. And yeah, that's pretty much how I did it. Like I had the idea, I had the design in mind. I asked a friend of mine because I, I suck designing. Like I'm very bad with my hands. I cannot do anything with them. So I asked a talented designer friend of mine if he could show me a few options of designs. Then we started working on them and I was like, okay, so I need them to look like kids. Because even though they were amazing women as grown-ups that did amazing things, they were also kids. 
then I want kids to be able not only to look up to them, to become them in the future, but also to relate with them that they were kids also at some point of their lives. So once we were able to get that look on their faces, which for me is the most iconic thing we have in Little Rebels, then yeah, it was just a matter of finding the right factory and started going back and forth in the design to make sure that the quality was exactly what I was looking for. And that's how I began with my very first doll. That's such a fantastic story. And there's so many interesting elements to it. And over and over again, you've had sometimes things that came your way, but you optimized whatever did come your way and made great use of it. Like especially President Obama reaching out and then you get training, you get to re meet Richard Branson. All of these things are just amazing. And then ultimately you being able to get a scholarship for a master's degree at Columbia University. All of these things are just absolutely amazing, but also that you really had the roots of being an entrepreneur anyways, because you saw opportunities and knew how to seize the opportunities. And as you're telling your story, what I hear over and over again is that you just took responsibility and figured it out, right? Like for anybody, I did this for eight years, if you've ever manufactured in a factory in China or the US for that matter. There's a lot of pieces to that puzzle, and it's not an easy thing to do. And you just took on and figured it out. There's a person I'm a big fan of is a podcaster and entrepreneur, and that's Marie Forleo. And she has a book that I've read that says, Everything is Figure Outable. It's really quite a good book. Marie Forleo and her podcast is really amazing. So she's one of the people I definitely look up to. Back to the central story as you began to look at the need for women in history to be better represented and that they largely weren't in the textbooks. And then your daughter looking for that and then beginning to put those pieces together. I just think that storyline and how it all came together for Little Rebels is a, is a pretty amazing story. Yes, it is. And it was not like, don't get me wrong. I, it wasn't a, an easy road. Like going into Colombia, for example, was my biggest dream growing up. I never thought I was going to be able to actually attend Colombia as an adult. So when I did, it was like literally dream come true. But I came back without a diploma because we had a disagreement with the director and he didn't want me to graduate with Little Rebels because I entered the program with Peribujo. Even though mid-program, he actually, the Little Rebels switch. And then I had to listen to him saying all these awful things about Little Rebels that I'm not going to repeat on air, <laughs> but a uh, long story short, I came back home without the diploma. Like I was the best student in the program and yet I don't have my diploma with me. And that led me into a deep depression. I spent three months in a couch without being able to move, not even to take a bath. Like the only thing that actually took me off the couch was taking my daughter to school and feeding her. Still like the universe works in magical ways. During that crisis, I was scrolling on Facebook and I saw a post from Women in Toys that says that they were looking for entrepreneurs to pitch their ideas to these major brands. So I, Mattel, Hasbro, Goliath, I don't know, you name it, Walmart. And uh, I said, yeah, what, why not? So I applied to it. And surprisingly, I got selected. And by that time, I only had the very first four samples of the dolls. 
the app didn't even exist. It's like nothing existed. So I went to Dallas and I showcased all these dolls and got amazing feedback from everybody there. Got back home, started developing the app that now comes with the dolls that you scan their faces, works with face recognitions. So it scan our dolls' faces and gives you access to ebooks, videos, trivia, augmented reality, like a bunch of educational resources telling their stories. And thanks to that, we won a Taggy Awards then and we're finalists for a toady like two months after that, uh, competing with Baby Yoda itself, which was insane. Of course, you're, you cannot beat the force, but at least you're like competing at the same level, which is a lot to say. And the past just keep going. Like it's, I, I'm always saying like being an entrepreneur, I'm like, people say you're an inventor. Yes, I'm an inventor, but I'm more of an entrepreneur than an inventor. And I guess that's what you're saying before. I'm always falling down because I'm always getting no's, but I'm always rising up right after. And I guess even stronger, like the more no you tell me, the more I will get going to behind it. Like I, like the more I'm going to fight to get that done. And recently I had a call before Dallas, like last month, I just came back from the Dallas Toy Fair show. And before that, I had a call with an important CEO from a toy company that I wanted to have them licensing me or, or investing in me somehow. And on that call, he started asking me like, do you have books? Of course I said, yes, of course the books didn't exist. Then he asked if we had like board game and I was like, yeah, sure. We have the MVP of the board game. And in the middle of the call, I came up with the idea of the board game and I pitched it to him and then I hang up the call. And and I called my team and I was like, okay, so this just happened. We need to invent in the next week because I was traveling like the following week to Dallas. A board game that do this and that and that interacts with an app. Can we do that? So I actually pitched something that did not exist and then went to Dallas with a board game fully functional thanks to that call and that opportunity that I saw there was an opportunity there. Thanks for sharing that. And one of the things I would say out of that is, again, for our listeners to highlight that when opportunities came your way, you didn't hesitate and you optimized them. And I think a lot of people, when something comes their way, like they have an opportunity to apply for something, say with Mattel and Hasbro, they'll think, oh, I'm not going to be selected. Or they might let their own ego think that it's not going to happen and they don't even apply. And yet when you saw an opportunity, you took advantage of it. And in many cases, they came through for you, I think, for that reason. So I think that's a good takeaway for our listeners. And then also you did uh, clarify that the AR or augmented reality aspect is the ability to scan the faces, the dolls, and access a lot more additional information. So I think that's a cool aspect as well. Yes, for sure. I struggle with imposter syndrome on a daily basis. And I guess most of the listeners here do as well. And that's common. What I don't do is let that imposter syndrome take away opportunities for me just by saying, oh no, this is like a huge company. They will never pick me up because the way I think or the way I see everything is like the no is already there. Like even if you're apply or not, the no is there, always there. So you can only turn the no into a yes. And that's how I move through life. It's not easy all the time. It's harder than easier. But if you go with that mindset on, you get access to amazing opportunities. 
one quick question I want <clears throat> I wanted to ask you is can you give our listeners sort of a brief visual description of the dolls and the historic figures they represent and what do you find the girls like best about them would you say that's so hard to answer for a non-native english speaker like me but i'll do my best so the dolls are around 11 inches tall they're super soft they're made 100 percent out of plush we're now working on making them of recycled plastic actually for 2023 they have all their faces are embroidered and they're pretty light so it's easy to walk around with them and just to snuggle with them today we have four characters we are launching two more so nowadays we have Amelia Earhart Mary Curie the scientist Malala Yousafzai the activist and then Mary Jackson the first woman Afro-American engineer of the NASA. And we're now adding to the pipeline, Dr. Gladys B. West. She was the inventor of the GPS. And then Gitanjali Rao. She's a 16-year-old aspiring scientist. She's an inventor. She invented a device that can detect lead in water. She's amazing. I actually met with her in Denver a few weeks back. And I hope I did a good job describing what they can expect from our girls. I think you did a great job. What I'd like to ask you a little bit is like looking into the future now. So what would you say is next for you with Little Rebels? Maybe you could make an, you already told me a couple of things, but maybe you can make an iconic Sally Ride or a Maya Angelou. Do you have anything new in the pipeline that you can talk about at this time? It's hard for me to launch new characters because whenever I launch a new doll, I'm not just doing like the plush doll. It all came with the app and everything that comes inside the app regarding the doll. It comes with the production of the video that tells their stories in two to three minutes, which is an animated video. So it's a lot of money to put in. And I'm still 100% bootstrap. So it's hard for me to actually keep adding women. I would love to have, I have at least 10 women's design already. My goal for Little Rebels is to have at least one woman from different educational background, different country, different ethnicity, and different ages. Because the idea here is that girls feel empowered to become whatever they want to become when they grow up, no matter their gender, their race, their country, their age, and, and so on. But we're working on adding new models. We are working well. The board game and the book, those are launching on February next year. And we just launched it yesterday on walmart.com, which was a huge deal for us. And we are launching on Macy's by the end of this month. So please go to Macy's Guide to Our Little Rebels. You help us a lot. And we're working on the TV show also. We've been talking with Disney Plus Latam. So we're developing a TV series for the Little Rebels, which is one of the things that I'm most excited about right now. You have so many things going on. It's pretty amazing. And you did explain very clearly why it's so much more than just developing a doll, a new doll, because now you've got the app with it. You've got the video that has to go with it, all the educational backgrounds. So there's a lot involved. And as you said, you're still bootstrapping. That's a challenge in any kind, any business when you're getting started. That's just a challenge you go through. 
But then you also mentioned that you've got your board game and books and things like that as well. And then Disney Plus, Latam coming on. And and also, I think it's very exciting that you're getting into Macy's. It's such a great place to be. Yes, I'm super excited about that, especially now they're turning back with Toys R Us. I think it's a great opportunity for us. And hopefully we'll be able to actually land more stores like one of my favorite toy stores is Camp. So I would love to see my dolls up in Camp. And I think it would be like a perfect partnership for them. And then just keep expanding and trying to... The goal of Little Rebels is empower every single girl out there one dollar at times. So I need wholesalers and retailers to to jump on the mission with me and help me out. I really love that. I saw on your website, it is a mission motto, empowering the next generation of leaders one doll at a time. I thought that was really great. As we roll towards a close, I'd like to ask you, are there any parting words you'd like to leave us with? So many, <laughs> but let me, so um, a few pieces of advice, maybe honest advice that I'm going to put out there is uh, first off, you already have the no, so always go for the yes. Take care of your mental health. I learned that the hard way, and it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day rush and adrenaline and so on. So it, it's not easy to actually notice if things are not that good for you. So just keep an eye on your mental health. There's nothing wrong about asking for help. If possible, don't do like myself and go solo doing this. Like I'm all by myself and I'm driving myself crazy. <laughs> so please get a co-founder, build up a team as soon as possible, and just try not to be alone in the entire process. Not only because the work to do is hard and it's a lot, but especially because you need somebody there to actually brainstorm and be able to talk or to just vent about your business and the struggles that are coming in between. And most important of all, make sure you're doing what you're doing because you have a passion for it and not because you're uh, trying to make some money. If you start a company just thinking about the money, you'll probably fail because whenever things get hard, the only thing that will keep you going is your why, your passion behind what you're doing. Thank you. You shared a lot of great advice for our listeners. And I'd like to just finish with what you said at the end is that your passion is what really matters. And I fully believe this because this is an engineer saying this, and it's the same reason you said at the end of the day, it's an up and down road roller coaster. And if your only real goal is to quote, make a lot of money, it's gonna be a long time. You're not making a lot of money. In fact, you're going to be spending a lot of money. And so if you ask yourself, why the heck am I doing this? And you say, make a lot of money. I'm not making a lot of money now. But if you say, look, I want to inspire girls all over the world with iconic images, all these great things, that mission is so big that you can't, you feel like you can't let others down because the passion is going to carry you. And that passion is like the music you play. As as they say, it's less important the words you say than the music you play. And I think as you meet and talk with others, one reason I think they're drawn to your project is quite simply, they can feel the passion. And they can see that you've got a real mission. And quite honestly, there's a lot of somewhat successful people who I wouldn't say have a really strong mission. So I think having a strong mission and having it driven by passion, I think is a great combination. Thank you so much. I think that too. And I really hope to see more 
inventors and entrepreneurs out there with a clear mission. Thanks for sharing that. And my last question then is how can our listeners reach you if they have other questions? So I love that question because I actually love talking to people and helping them as much as I can. So they can go directly through Little Rebels social media, which is the handle is at We Are Little Rebels. And as same, the, the website will be wearelittlerebels.com as well. But if not, they can look me up both on LinkedIn and on Instagram. I'm as MJ Spitalnik. Good luck spelling the last name though, but you can find me. So I just quickly repeat for our listeners, they can find you at We Are Little Rebels and that your website is wearelittlerebels.com. And they can look you up. Your last name is spelled S-P-I-T-A-L-N-I-K. You say it's MJ S-P-I-T-A-L-N-I-K, and they can find you there on LinkedIn, et cetera. Is that correct? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Marjorie, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us today on the podcast, sharing your really your journey and your adventure and how you got to where you've gotten today and the inspiring thing you're doing for girls all over the world. And I'd like to reserve the opportunity, maybe six months or a year in the future, get back with you and find out what you've got going at that time. So thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you, Alan, for having me. Actually, it's an honor for me to be here. And for sure, I'd love to come back and hopefully with a lot of more news and rebels to share with you. Thanks a lot. So you're done searching for your product and it's not out there. Yay! Maybe you filed for a provisional patent and done some marketing research or surveys. Heck, maybe you've even created a rough prototype, then found that, although it kind of works, it looks like something from the Stone Age. You'd be embarrassed to show it to your friends, much less to a manufacturer for a licensing pitch. What if I could put you in touch with a guy who offers free consultations, takes no money down, no money up front, and will give you a quote on your project before he starts. What if I told you that this same guy can help you design your product and make you a virtual prototype before you ever put a penny into building a physical one? What if I told you he could make you patent drawings, CAD files for manufacturing, and even make marketing videos and build you a website. If this sounds like someone you want to talk to, let me introduce you to my first podcast sponsor, Brian Keast at I Draw Dreams for Inventors. With three and a half years of trade school and 15 years of mechanical experience working as a mechanic for General Motors, you have someone that's seen countless design failures and how they were fixed. Also, he had a 25-year career as a general contractor who designed his own houses and remodels on computer-aided design. In getting plans through countless building departments, he gained a tremendous amount of experience by working directly with structural engineers. The many years of combined experience in these two careers gave him a unique look into stresses and failures in design. He brings this wealth of knowledge and experience to his company, I Draw Dreams, as the CAD guy who will design a product for you that will work. 
Every inventor I have referred to Brian has come away delighted with the work he has done for them, and I think you will too. Just make sure to tell them that Alan sent you. Thanks so much for tuning in to Inventors Helping Inventors. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it. Make sure to subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so you won't miss a single episode. Talk to you soon.